All This podcast is brought to you by All This International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. Hello, welcome to the All This Podcast. As part of our AI in Action series, I'm very happy to welcome Francois Candelon to the show. Francois is a senior partner and managing director at Boston Consulting Group. Francois, great to have you on the show today. Great to have you, Mark. Great to be with you. Francois, tell us a little bit about your background and journey to now before you got into the world of BCG. And then if we could move into some of the work that you do at BCG. So basically, I'm an engineer by background and what I call a BCG baby because I joined BCG just after the university. It was almost 30 years ago. And I've been um, living in several countries. One of my most uh, memorable experience was seven years that I spent in China from 2012 to 2019, just before the pandemic. And then I uh, was working there with the most advanced tech companies. And it made me realize how important AI was and the fact that we are living in an industrial revolution. This is why when I came back to um, to Europe, I worked in both 50% a practitioner and 50% a researcher. 50% a practitioner working with companies to in the TMT sector, telecom and tech, and really pushing for AI transformations. 50% a practitioner and 50% as a researcher. I'm leading the uh, BCG Henderson Institute which is a BCG think tank. And and here I focus my research on the impact of AI on business and society. And so we work with, at BCG Gamma, we have more than 1,500 data scientists and uh, software engineers really to try to apply the most advanced AI algorithm to business issues. This is why we work hand in hand with uh, the what we call BCG Classic or consulting arm. So we try to to bring the best of tech to solve business issues. Excellent. Thank you. And tell me a little bit about your role and that 50% breakdown uh, and, and the importance of having your hands in bow pies. Yeah, I think that being 50% a practitioner and 50% a researcher, it's actually a virtuous loop. No doubt. I realize when I talk with my academic friends that being a practitioner helps us identify some subtleties that are uh, maybe less easy to understand when you're not, let's say, having your hands dirty. So, for instance, I'm working at the moment on a very interesting topic, which is how you have your AI transformation that plays with your professional identity. And uh, these are things that are more difficult to understand when you're not in the, let's say, in the field. So in this podcast, we talk about technology as an enabler to solving some type of business problem, and in a lot of cases, machine learning. But talk to us from your experience about how important systems are in terms of successful outcomes, and also the team working together successfully, because people don't necessarily like change. And from most people's experience, change can be difficult. And change is difficult. There's no doubt, but I, I think I would like to, to come back to this notion of 
optimizing human plus AI as a system, and maybe not optimizing just AI or just human. Because we are at a point, we, every year we do a survey with the MIT SMR, and, um, and, uh, and what we found is that at the moment, just a bit more than 10% of companies are making what we call significant financial impact from their investments in AI. But what is interesting is that if you have, let's say you, you try to develop a great strategy, you hire data scientists, you have a good infra, you're just 20, 21% likely to get significant financial benefits. If you add to that the fact that you expand beyond cost optimization to revenue generation, this likelihood increases to 39%. What makes a true difference is when you have a good combination between human and AI, and when you create a virtuous cycle of mutual learning, here you move up to 73%. So when you are doing this, you are 73% likely to get significant financial benefits. And, and this is something that you can understand because other world is becoming more and more uncertain. The ability to accelerate the rate of learning by this combination makes a huge difference. If you were to tell a person, you'll be 71% more likely to succeed in work if you today, if you do this approach, versus 10% likelihood with the other approach, I'm thinking the vast majority of people will want to opt for that approach because there's 90% likelihood you won't be successful. Imagine going to work every day knowing there's a 90% likelihood you won't be successful in some type of outcome you're looking to achieve. Yes, let me give you uh, one example of this uh, mutual learning uh, perspective. I was the other day on a, on a trading floor and I was talking with the head of the traders and he was saying me, that's great, basically. First, AI systems will learn from humans. Basically, they gather millions of decisions that are made. They look at data, really, the traders are taking to make their decisions. Then AI will learn on its own. They gather all these millions of decisions and try to come to uh, recommendations. But then the traders will learn from, the, uh, from AI. Basically, as AI opens new ways of thinking, the traders say, oh, yes, but that's smart. Why not? Why shouldn't I try to do it? And then you're, you can start this again and again. But, but what is important is to make sure that you find the right combination between human and AI. And I give you one example, which I think everyone is aware of, but which is with IBM's Watson Health. If you remember, so Watson, let's say, was winning uh, the Geoparty in 2011 against the, uh, the best players ever of this game. And they tried to do something in healthcare using AI to decide the treatments that should be made in oncology. And it was a massive failure. But why was it a massive failure? Because here they were not taking into account the, the, the value that was brought by the human, by the doctors in that case. Because we all know that AI is much better at dealing with big data, reviewing thousands of, let's say, academic papers and so on. But humans are much better with ambiguity in understanding the full context. And this is why the right approach was not to have AI to decide the treatment, but to have AI cross-reference patients' genetic profile against gene mutations in thousands of academic papers. 
an oncologist to understand the ambiguous context and therefore decide. And this is why we develop four different types of human plus AI combinations. And when you apply it the way you need to do it, you are six times more likely to have a significant financial benefit. Tell us a little bit about the importance of consistently investing your time to building that foundation that those habits become consistent so that change becomes monumental because there's so much momentum going behind it no that that's interesting because we have let, let's say and if i take the example of repsol a traditional company in a traditional industry what they've been able to do is really to try to develop a large number of programs from uh, what they did in exploration production uh, so in improving drilling down to personalized offers in their gas stations more than 200 programs in a few years and because of that it was becoming let's say ai was at the what the cornerstone of the change and, and i think that one of the issues we face very often at the moment is that we are more in, comp in traditional companies, especially at, uh, we are doing more, uh, I would say pilots, or uh, we do one thing, we change one process and so on. That's good. And I'm not saying that we should not start with it at the beginning, but over time, what is important is really to transform the core of your company and bring AI at the core of it, not asking yourself, how can AI help me improve my processes, but how should I redesign my processes to leverage the full potential of AI and the full potential of human plus AI at the system? Because what you need to avoid is to recreate a new version of Charlie Chaplin's modern times. In many companies, this is what you could see. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. So let's get into the art of the possible. So what is possible from case studies that are being published, companies that you're working with, where there's been definition of the problem has been worked out particularly well, we're looking at things that are going to make an impact to the business, either internal, internal stakeholders, external customers, and the positive return on investment or outcomes that come. And I, I know there could be some example, Red Soul or, or Domino's, but anything that comes to your mind that for the novice listening in, they can start to see what's possible. Now, I, I think that what we need to take into account is to really understand the fundamental characteristics of AI. AI can help you, and therefore you can better predict, in a sense, the future. AI uh, can help you make decisions, can deal with big data, and therefore you can do real-time decisions with, with big data. This is what we see with Uber or Lyft or whatever. The third thing that it's the fact that you can scale at a relatively limited margin cost additional marginal cost. So what you need to do is really to look at all these different capabilities and try to 
see how to rethink your business model. And, and I give you one example, which is, in my opinion, in, in money transfer, which I think is very important. Very often companies and incumbents think about AI about as a way to reduce cost to become more efficient. And in that case, the, the incumbent had built an analytics uh, platform to analyze data in real time, to make sure that they were optimizing the cost of transfer and so on. And they were very successful with this mindset, 70% cost reduction. But at the same time, you had an online only challenger that used AI to predict demand, thus removing even the need to move money so it was a totally new business and operating model. And thanks to this, they were able to transfer offers at 80 to 90% cheaper than the incumbent. And therefore, in a, in a few years, they were able to, to get more than 40% of market share. And, and I think this is this question. The, the question is not about, as I said, what should I do to improve my processes, but how could I revisit my business model to make it happen? But when you think about it, and there is something I would like to, to highlight as well, when I was talking about this uh, Charlie Chaplin's modern times and the need to optimize human plus AI. Very often what we see is the fact that because of AI, if you don't think through this mindset, you might have excessive. And for instance, what we need to understand is that the productivity increase if you are doing this oversight, just making sure that you know exactly at each moment what is done by anyone. This is just for employees needing constant supervision, but it will not inspire creativity. So you need to think about it. You need to be careful about isolation. For instance, what we did at, at a call center is really to try to optimize moments of interactions and making sure that you had, we were synchronizing employees breaks in call center so that of course it had an impact on the productivity but actually the commitment the energy from this call center employees were then much higher you have the question about the leftover tasks and the fact that it can create injuries amazon for instance faced it at some point and then tried to uh, mitigate with these risks and one which is in my opinion even more important when you think about it is what i call dependence um Six months ago, we were working at a, at a company and we left the algo and we knew that the prediction could only be around 75%. But we came three months later and this, the people just, oh, that's great. Your, your algo is 95%. And we knew it was not possible, but it was much easier for the humans to say, oh, it's about it. We leave it to them, and so we will take care of something else. And I think that's a real danger. And the ability for you to make sure that you help humans keep this level of supervision and capabilities and expertise is really critical. Yeah, because we're okay with a 95% accuracy if it's going to rain today. But we're not okay if this is something to do with our health because yeah. these percentages up and down and we, we need to make sure that there's a human in the loop for for the task that we need and then if the human isn't in the loop then we we need to be those tasks are obviously not as important or mission critical or we're, we're taking into consideration what type of supervision that that's going yeah, to but we need a human in the loop who is able and expert enough to really supervise and say no it doesn't work it should not what the ai system says is wrong 
But over time, in a few years from now, what will happen? And I give you one example because AI transformations for me is in that case very different from a digital transformation in a sense that a digital transformation to a certain extent is just a way to outsource to a machine part of your workflow. Then if it's 20%, you're happy. If it's 80% or 100%, you're less happy. But AI is actually transforming your professional identity. I give you um, one example, and it can be positive or negative. It can be positive if, if it's your decision making and uh, transfer you from a bank clerk, for instance, issuing loans to a trusted financial advisor. You can like it, but it can be negative as well. Or I give you one example in a telco. We were, as you might know, telcos very often they play with campaigns. So they have a campaign for Christmas, a campaign before the summer and so on. And we have developed uh, a product that gives something really, which is the best offer to the right people at the right time, the right offer at the right time. Therefore, it's an always on campaign if you want, or there is no need for campaign anymore. And we made pilots, it was working extremely well, but at the same time, it made this chief marketing officer extremely uncomfortable. Because it told us all my experience, my expertise is about campaign. By putting this, this algo, I'm becoming obsolete. And, and I think that this is something that when you do an AI transformation, you need to keep in mind. It's not just that you will remove people, but that all their learning curve, all their experience, their expertise might become obsolete. So how to improve this and how to make it happen to make People understand that it is augmenting, not replacing their decision making is very important. And you really need to win the hearts and minds of people and then show them these benefits because we found that a lot of the time, even if it's working, people just not use it. And if the adoption isn't there, it will be very difficult to continue with that. So we've talked a little bit about the challenges. We've talked a little bit about making sure we're setting up uh, for success and the importance of having people, humans in the loop who are skilled to be in this role. Where do we see the next one to two to three years? We've had huge improvements in NLP, computer vision coming down to the mix. The chatbots are becoming very effective at what they're doing as, as well. Do you see anything particularly coming down the line, maybe on the self-serve service AI aspect or anything you come to mind? I, I, I think that for me, they, in the next two, three years, the key issue is really about let's say the democratization of AI. The ability, Michael Porter, the HBS professor used to say, the competitiveness of a nation depends from the ability of its industry to innovate and upgrade. I think that the ability to upgrade traditional companies is extremely important. It's even more important in Europe, given our uh, social culture. And therefore, everybody, everyone is talking about no code, low code. And, and I think it's a very important element to democratize AI. But at the same time, it's not something that is easy to use. So I think that it's you, you in every company, they need to consider that even if they have this sport car, no code, low code, they need to have a driver. It's not because you have a driving sli driver's license that you're able to, to drive a Formula One. So I think that there are ways to, to deal with it. I found something, an experience in China, very interesting with what I call 
transformers. In China, you can see what I call vertical ecosystems, very often orchestrated by a tech giant, for instance, Tencent in imaging for uh, in healthcare issues, or Alibaba in um, Alibaba in uh, smart cities, and you have a new type of players that are really managing. They know the, 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 the technology extremely well, but at the same time, they know the vertical industry very well. And therefore, they are developing end-to-end solutions that are customized for that industry, and they support the traditional company. They reduce the complexity for the traditional companies to get access to this technology. So I think that democratizing this type of AI this way might be a good solution, might be a good solution. We could have a separate episode on this because it's such a such a really exciting and, and engaging topic, and there's so many impactful case studies now hitting the markets. We've been having a really interesting conversation about technology and the importance of change and having the systems and processes correctly. Our guest today has been Francois Candelon, Senior Partner and Managing Director at Boston Consulting Group. Francois, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aldis Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com, to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.